Good morning. Welcome to a special Friday edition of the Cone Zone. That's Lowell Cone. I'm Grant Cone. We're doing Friday today because the Niners had minicamp. And as usual, my dad's been sort of lying back, reading the coverage and making his own conclusions. And one of the topics this week was, you know, is Trey Lance happy? Does he want to get traded? Did he privately ask for a trade? Would the Niners consider trading him now that they're so encouraged about Brock Purdy and his recovery? And my dad has something to say about that. I think they would be nuts to trade him at this time. And I, I'm going to say something. I was driving home. I had dinner at Iggy's last night. I was driving home and I had on some, I don't usually listen to sports talk, but I, I had it on. And some guy who I don't know was talking about another guy I don't know and said this other guy said, they should trade <laughs> Trey Lance to end the uh, confusion mm. for the fans. Mm. That's the reason. And the confusion for the, for the fans. For the fans. Now, look, That's good. That may be a valid point of view, but I don't think the 49ers give a shit about the fans in that regard. <laughs> they're going to make their own decision. And they're not going to, it's not like John Lynch is going to go to Kyle and say, you know, boy, the fans are all confused. Let's get rid of this Trey Lance so the fans will feel better. And we'll Someone think about the fans, please. <laughs> Someone think about the fans. So what I think is they don't know when Brock Purdy's coming back. They, I mean, they say they know, but they don't know. And they don't know who's better, really, between Sam Darnold and Trey Lance. You don't end this. You don't get one-third of the triangle out. This guy may turn out to be really good, and they may need him. So they would be nuts rama to get rid of him, especially so the fans won't feel confused. Yeah, absolutely. Like, just because all indications with Brock Purdy are good after a week and a half of him throwing a football, that doesn't mean he's going to start week one or he won't have, like, some type of setback at some point down the line. So even if... Like, let's say Trey Lance heard the report that the Niners are pretty much expecting Brock Purdy to start week one, and he got discouraged and went, privately went to Kyler John and said, hey, man, like enough's enough. If I can't start here, could I please go somewhere else? From their perspective, it's like, I mean, I know why you feel that way, Trey, and we hate holding you hostage, but we can't do that. We can't do that. Like, we don't, until we have Brock back playing, at, uh, like back, back like he was last year, 100% healthy and in rhythm and, and we can't trade you, dude. Sorry. We need you. Sorry. The Niners are not in the business of making Trey Lance's dreams come true. They're they already the did once. Of, yeah, they did. And they're in the business of having a really good football team. And they may need this guy. So you know what? Also, he's under contract, right? Yeah. And yep. he's making a lot of money. A lot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. Sometimes life is tough. It's been yeah. tough for it's tough for everybody. So for me, I don't have anything against Trey Lance, but his feelings and the feelings of the fans don't matter to me, and I don't think they should matter to the organization. And I'll say one other thing, Iggy. Let's say Brock Purdy does start game one, and let's say he's really mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. When's uh, Kyle going to get him hurt? He could get him hurt in the exactly. fifth game. Exactly. Thank you. I mean, he can get him hurt in the third game. Correct. So they, they need this kid mm -hmm. because the other one's going to get hurt. It's yeah. the thing about him getting hurt in that um, championship game. That wasn't a fluke. No. It's how the guy coaches. Yeah. So he's going to get him hurt. Now, and the proof is Josh Johnson getting hurt in the same game. Yeah. 
Right. He gets quarterbacks hurt. So yeah. I, I think they really need Trey Lance and they need Sam Darnold because then he's going to get Trey Lance hurt. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the thing. The, even if Brock Purdy is fully cleared on August 20th or whatever and everything looks great and he starts week one and he wins, like that doesn't mean he's going to last 17, 20, 21 games and win the Super Bowl. And that's not even any knock against him. It's Kyle Shanahan's pattern. He goes through quarterbacks really quickly. So unless Sam Darnold has this career renaissance, which hasn't happened yet on the practice field, your best option is Brock, and then it's Trey. Yeah. It's not Sam. It's not Brandon Allen. No. So as a result, you may crush this kid's feelings. Mm-hmm. Say, you know what? We need you. We heard what you said. We'll get, uh, we're not going to do anything at this time. Live with it. That's right. the answer. Right. That's what I, Look, I don't know that he requested a trade. I have no idea. It just seems like something that, frankly, I would do in his position. And I wouldn't fault him if he did it. If he did it, he did it probably in a private, polite way. Like, hey, guys, no disrespect, but what do you say? And they're like, Trey, we love you, man. We can't do that for you. I would imagine. Um, And so he's back at practice. He looked like he was – I had a video of him and Kyle Shanahan laughing, talking to each other. I had a video of him and George Kittle dancing together. It seems like he's not, you know, having the worst days of his life. It seems like he's having a good time. They were dancing? I didn't see that video. Dancing! They were dancing. I'll post it. Who's yeah. a better dancer, Kittle or uh, Trey Lance? That's a good question. I would have to say Kittle. Not because he's more technically gifted. I just feel like he's a little less uh, self-conscious. And to be uh, a good dancer, you can't be self-conscious. It's true. It's you true. Know? So nothing against Trey. He's just a little bit younger. Yeah. I'm with you. They're not going to trade him. And you know, I don't think they're going to trade him week one or, or, or the trade deadline either. I think he's going to be here no. for a while. No. This thing about trading him is just talk. It's media talk. It has nothing to do with reality. Yeah, they they would never do it. Um, One thing I want to say real quick before we move on. So George Kittle kind of talks like the coach of the team. And if you ask him about the quarterbacks, he'll break it down, like what he thinks and what each one's doing well. So he was asked this week at minicamp about each quarterback. He was asked about first Trey and then Sam. And he found the nicest things to say about both of them. I want to get your take on what he said. For Trey, he said that he's... Um, way better than he was last year and that he finally is playing with confidence and seems to be having fun. He kept stressing uh, when a guy doesn't have confidence, you can tell. And he finally is playing with confidence. That was the nicest thing he could say about Trey. And with Sam, he said he's learning the offense. You know, he's, he's picking it up and you could tell he's better than he was in OTAs, but he's learning the offense. That, that was his summation of both quarterbacks. Let me say about Sam... Learning the offense is no praise at all. Mm-mm. It's it, in other words, it's like saying he's breathing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes. To it's practice like he's working he, hard. Uh huh. Yeah, he's working hard. So that's uh-huh. he, he's given him no praise at all. No praise. But the other guy saying he's, I can see he's more confident. I think that actually is praise. I agree. He's play, I think that's praise. Iggy, I have a question for you. Sure. You've str- stressed a lot that <clears throat> on the follow through. It's he had, he shouldn't be an arm thrower. He should mm-hmm. use his lower body and not lock the front leg too soon. Yeah. Has he has he succeeded in that? He's uh, I mean, not every single time, but he's he's much better at it than he was before. And it's and one thing I've I've seen from him, which I think is a really good thing. Uh, not locking his front leg is going to prevent him from getting arm fatigue, and it'll keep his it'll reduce the arm soreness. But one thing he did too much of was 
he would throw too hard. Like, on, like picture a shallow cross. You know, it's just like Jerry Rice running right in front of the offensive line. You just want to hit him in stride. He would throw that pass really hard, like with the full arm motion. And that throw is kind of just like a little, you know, a flick. And with the with the short little throws in training camp, you're actually seeing him do that for the first time in three years. He doesn't throw them as hard as he can. I think that's a big stride for him. I'm going to put on my just jacket. You a little wrist action. You a little talk. wrist action. Yeah, okay. All right. Keep talking. I kind of I compare him to um, the pitcher who feels a ground ball and doesn't know how to get it to first base. You know what I mean? That, that short throw, it looks so easy, but all of a sudden, I think you're listening to me. No, I'm listening. I had to put on my jacket. Yeah, like he was the pitcher who couldn't get the ball to first base after he grounded the, uh, fielded the ground ball, but now he can. So I think that's Kaepernick, good. Kaepernick was like that too. Kaepernick was he like that too. He threw too hard on the short passes, right? Yes, and Trey was like that as early on in his career. And I think in training camp so far, he's much better at getting the ball out quickly and without throwing it as hard as he can. Yeah, Brock Purdy so is good at He's good at that, isn't he, Brock Purdy? He's great at that. He's great, great at, at throwing it. screen passes. He can throw sidearm. He can get the ball out quickly. He doesn't throw the ball that hard to begin with. Very catchable ball. He's great at that. He, yeah. Iggy, when you're down there for the minicamp and OTAs, is he around, Brock Purdy? Yes. You see him walking from the facility to the, uh, not the trainer's room, but that outdoor uh, weightlifting facility. With all the weights and stuff, yeah. Yeah, you'll see him walk over um, with like a, a backwards hat. Does he throw? Haven't seen him throw. Not in front of the media. I will imagine that will be during training camp, like Jimmy last year. Okay. Yeah. But, I I mean, until we see him throw in on a side field for a few weeks, I'm not really thinking he's close to coming back. So, he's still got another two months to go or something. All right. Niner Grandpa says, you still haven't emailed me, Iggy. I don't know who you are. Did Hafunga say he watches your content? He did. uh, Trey Lance threw an interception in practice. And then the defense was really excited. And Hafunga walked past me on the sideline and said, I want to see you talk about that in your show tonight. And I said, I would. So I did. Wow. <laughs> Mui says they kept Jimmy to hedge their bet on Trey. They keep Trey to hedge their bet on uh, Brock Purdy, as well as out of the fear, Lance leaves, gets proper treatment, and is everything they wanted and more. I agree. Yep, agree. Good call. Um, Renee Reyes says, Niners want Super Bowl. Kyle knows he can win with Brock. Trey, then Sam as backups. Don't trade Trey. Quarterbacks get hurt with the Niners. Uh, I should say. Agree. Anakit says, was it difficult to keep content fresh in a season of pre-YouTube paper era? Today, with so many channels, content gets repetitive quickly. Appreciate Grant. Appreciate you. Well, I used to do it when I was living it with you, you know, before YouTube. I had the blog at the Santa Rosa Press Democrat, and we would always talk in the morning and figure out something to write about yeah we know? try to we try to be fresh no i haven't seen your youtube niner grandpa uh really love your dad he's a great man thank you thank you niner grandpa appreciate it all right okay. dad so one of the things that's interesting about minicamp is that it's mandatory and everyone shows up but like the best players on the team generally don't participate it's like they get they get a special dispensation because they're so good, except for Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle, who actually want to practice. And that's how it is. It's, it's like that in training camp, too. Trent Williams won't really practice very much, and Nick Bosa won't either. A little bit. Uh, and they won't play in preseason anymore. It's, it's, that's the culture football is these days. Forty years ago, the Niners practiced in Rockland. I mean, training camp was a whole thing. They would leave, they would leave their families. Um, they would have two-a-days. 
It's different. Can you can you take us back to the Rockland era and how it was a different culture? Oh, uh, first of all, pretty much everybody practiced. I mean, Joe Montana didn't stand on the side. Steve Young didn't stand. Dwight Clark didn't stand on the side. They really worked hard. And in Rockland is right near Sacramento, so it would be very hot up there. They mm-hmm. had morning practice, then lunch, and they had an afternoon practice. They really worked hard. The only one who didn't, Russ Francis, God love Russ Francis, he was um, sort of a loner, and he took pride in not participating. And I kind of got a kick out of it, but he was the exception to the rule. Everybody else, the offensive linemen, they all worked their asses off. I'll, I'll even tell you something else, Iggy. Uh, I would go out for the two days, and I was a young man then. But after a while, you know, you're dehydrated and you're hot and you're tired. So one time I thought, I'll just take a knee. Someone from the Niners was so fast over to me and said, um, it's required that the media stand because the players are standing. If you feel you can't do it, please leave the field. And boy, did I learn my lesson then. So even the media can't can't. They've changed that rule. Media can take a knee now. You can't sit, but you can take a knee. That's the new rule. Really? So it's gotten softer for the media too. You can take a knee. Hey, listen, I can tell you that Fred Van Oppen, who was a, a coach with the Niners, got two Super Bowl rings. After he retired, <clears throat> uh, Gruden was the coach at the Raiders. He went to visit Gruden in uh, Napa at the training camp. This is a, a, a two-time Super Bowl coach. He got on a knee to look at things, to get a mm-hmm. different angle, not because he was mm-hmm. tired. Mm-hmm. Right away, someone came over to Fred and said, Mr. Davis doesn't allow people to take a knee. Al Davis, Mr. Davis. Wow. So wow. even Fred okay. had to stand up. Yeah. Things have changed. Things have changed. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Talking two a days in, and Rockland's hot. Rockland's hotter than Santa Clara, which is also hot. You get up to 100 degrees up there. That's right. And it, you'd, you'd be schwitzing. It was, it was hard. So the, 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 here's what I want to say, Iggy. Let's come back to the current 49ers. The idea that people sort of make an appearance but don't participate. Yeah. It used to be two a days and everybody participated. Now it's one a days and some don't participate. And as you said on the phone this morning, for them it's no a days, none a days. No a days. No a days. days. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, and this is Fred Warner. Um, Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Traverius Ward. Um, Javon Hargrave, who just got to the team, like that's five of the highest paid players. I don't, I don't get it. I, I feel Debo. Yeah, we'll come to Debo in a minute. Um, here's what I want to say. In a football culture, mm-hmm. the leaders establish mm-hmm. the standard. They establish the standard. Steve Young used to talk about the standard to me all the time. He was mm-hmm. obsessed with it. You have somebody, Fred Warner, who's apparently a good guy and a very mm-hmm. good player, isn't practicing. Well, that's a standard. You don't really have to practice. We'll just yeah. come in. We'll lose three of our first four games because no one gave a shit. Um, no one practiced. And that's the standard they're inculcating. I object to that. Get your push on the well. field. <clears throat> and let's talk about the standard 40 years ago. So <clears throat> they lose the NFC Championship game to the Washington football team uh 1983 by three points 
they come back the next year and go 18 and one and win the Super Bowl. Just roll through the freaking league. I would imagine that offseason at Rockland, they weren't, you know, tiptoeing through their drills. I would imagine Ronnie Lott was going full bore the entire freaking offseason. And when your best player, not just your quarterback, but your, you know, your best non quarterback on your team treats the offseason like that, then everyone has to fall in line. But on the Niners, when your best player is Trent Williams and your second best player is Nick Bosa, when the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, isn't out there for 11 on 11s and everyone else is like, well, why should I be out there? I'm like Nick. Exactly. Yeah. Why should I be out there? Yeah. yeah. Nick sets the standard. He tells us yeah. what to do. This is bullshit. We don't really have to yeah. do this. If Nick doesn't have to do it, why should I have to do it? He just won defensive player of the year. Ronnie Lott would do it, though. Jerry Rice would do it, though. Jerry Rice. Absolutely. Yeah. Jerry, and, and, you know, Ayuk <laughs> does it. Yep. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle. Yeah, they do it. Eric Armstead? Even him. Hell yeah. He he deserves credit for that. He's making like $25 million a year. He's 30 years old. He doesn't have to do it. He does it. Yeah. So, So, Iggy, I want to say a couple of things about it. One, I really object to it. Me too. Because they're not even – they don't work as hard as they used to work. Even in practice during the season, it's it's easier for them. I don't respect that. And again – I feel it's a lack of respect towards Shanahan. I agree. And also, it, it, it's lip service to this whole quest for six thing that they talk about. Like, you, you've you been in three of the last four NFC Championship games. You got nothing to show for it. And you're approaching this offseason like business as usual. Like, you're, you've almost missed your window. Jimmy Ward's off the team. If you don't win it this year, you'll lose another three, four guys out of your core. This is the year. And five or six or seven of the best players in the team are just saying like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll catch up with you in August. Like, okay, well, you know what happened last year? Last year they had the team to go 15-1 and one like the 1984 Niners did. I mean, they won 12 games in a row last year, but they sleepwalked through the first month and a half and they couldn't pull it off. So you didn't win. Yeah, and part of it is this attitude. You said yeah. business as usual. It's relaxation as usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Football's a hard sport. Football's yeah. a hard sport, and you yeah. have to get used to the hard hitting in the in the preseason stuff before you can do it in the real season. You have to get into – it's a cliche. You have to get into football shape, but you do. Yeah, and you don't get into football shape in August. You have to – especially since there are no more two-a-days, you have to enter training camp in football shape. And if you don't, what usually happens is you get injured, either in training camp or early in the season, you miss a few games, you come back, and then you're still not in football shape, and you have a season like Debo had last year. That's what happens. I have a question. For the, During these OTAs and minicamp stuff, they bring certain players to the media to talk to mm-hmm. the media. Mm-hmm. Do they bring the non-participants? Debo talk. Okay. Debo talk. Trent Williams talk. Nick Bosa talk. Yeah, all three of them talk. Like, like what, why are you talking? You know, Iggy, I think a fair question next year or maybe yeah. during um, mini ca- yeah. during training camp, if they're not, if they bring them and they're not participating, why are why? you not participating? Oh, God, yeah. I would ask that. Yeah. And yes, I would make them answer. Why are yeah. you not participating? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we saw you like we saw you in the drills with your wide with with your fellow position players. But once yeah. they started competing, you were standing on the side watching. Why? Yeah, and, and Why? I would follow it up, and they give you some kind of crappy answer. You know, yeah. And then you say, "Don't you over to your teammates to practice?" That's the follow. up Oh yeah, question. you were. Yeah, I like that. Christian yeah, McCaffrey it's did. I, it's what I would have done. Yep. All right, let's talk about Debo Samuel in in particular. So you asked players who showed up to minicamp 
didn't participate in team drills, but talked to the media. Debo Samuel is one of them. And when he spoke, it was so interesting <clears throat> because he had a ton of introspection and insight into himself. He's basically, well, he didn't basically, he explicitly said that he was trash, awful last year, out of shape. He allowed the uh, contract stuff to distract him, and he had a terrible year. And he's vowing to not let that happen this year. He's going to be in better shape. He's going to be more focused. He's going to be more motivated. He said all that. You rarely hear um, athletes be that honest about themselves. It, and yet, did he use, did he use the word trash? I believe he did. He definitely used the word awful. I believe he said trash as well. Okay. Trash. Let's, yeah. let's not get into a judgment for a second. Let's, sure. let's go slow here because sure. there's a lot. There's a lot. First yeah. of all, I appreciate that he came out to talk. Um, and I appreciate his honesty. I've never met him, but I, I sort of looked at him. He's a very nice looking guy. He has dimples. He has a very engaging smile. Yeah. I think he's shy. I, I know he's reluctant with the media, but I don't think he's a jerk. I, he okay. strikes me as, you know, there can be people who are very rich and very famous who are also shy. I always felt Joe Montana was shy. and Especially in a press conference setting, right? Like there's a lot of pressure on yeah. you. Yeah. Yes, because yeah. if you say the wrong thing, uh, yeah. I, I try to keep my – some of them try to keep their answers short so they don't get into trouble, and I respect that. I understand yeah. that. I respect that he said that he had a bad season uh, and that it was his fault. And, I re and Iggy, that whole thing with the contract, we said it at the time. This is going to louse up his season. He's yeah. not acting in a mature manner. No. In addition, I want to say one other thing. Last season, when you would do your grades, you would generally give him not a very high grade. No. And a, a lot of people thought you were a jerk. You were anti mm -hmm. him. He gave himself the same low grade. So Maybe a worse grade. Gave himself a straight it, up F. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what you were saying all season last season was correct. Mm -hmm. And I'm proud of you for that, that you didn't you. feel intimidated. So you had to say he was doing good when he wasn't doing good. Right. All right. Let's get to the paradox now in what his activity. You, mm -hmm. you get to it. You well, say. I mean, he has so much insight. Like he, he understands himself 98% of the way. Yes, last year was unacceptable. Yes, uh, you put yourself in that position. Yes, you can absolutely fix it you can be the guy you were in 2021 you've done it before you can do it again great it's great to hear you say all those things so why aren't you practicing exactly you practiced in 2021 you weren't that guy in 2021 in 2021 you were there every step of the way in every single practice like brandon Ayuk, like christian mccaffrey and that off-season regimen paid off for you now you're talking about it which is a great step but why not uh, follow through and practice it was two days Iggy, I am amazed that he couldn't apply his words to his actions. I don't get that, it. There is such a disjunction between what he said and what he does. And it makes me respect what he says a little less and right. be suspect of what he says. Get yeah. your tush on the field. Be one of the leaders. McCaffrey, yeah. be there with Kittle and McCaffrey. Raise the standard. Iggy. Right. I find him really puzzling. Yeah. It's almost like he said it because it sounds good. 
Yes. I was I and I sucked last year. Like of course you didn't suck last year. Like you you didn't come close to your standard that you set in in 2021 when you were an all pro and arguably an MVP candidate. You didn't come close to that, but you were one of the best players on the team still, obviously, but you say you were trash great. Great to hear it. Practice. Practice. Absolutely. Practice. Uh yeah. I so I don't accept someone it's like saying I take you know I take, I take full, full responsibility. responsibility, which is always bullshit yeah. when they say it. I take full yeah. responsibility for last season for how I didn't play up to my standard, but I'm not going to do anything different this season. That's pretty bad. It is pretty bad. And again, Brandon Ayuk's showing you up, Debo. He's there every day. Every day, not complaining. He, you know, I got to tell you, Iggy, Brandon Ayuk is one hell of a competitor. Yeah, he's one hell of an athlete. And it's like he hasn't missed a game since his rookie year. And it seems to me football is such a. It's all about what kind of shape you're in. And if you want to make it through 20 games, then you have to be working out constantly. You don't take off. I'm not saying he's not working out, but like you have to get in football shape and you have to stay in football shape like most of the year. And Brandon Ayuk's always in football shape. Christian McCaffrey's always in football shape. Can't say that about Debo. You know, Iggy, I wish that you you would know Ayuk better. Like yeah. you got to know Jimmy Ward. What what yeah. a wonderful what a wonderful guy. Ayuk, I, I have a feeling there is so much depth there, don't you? Yes, that yes, this is absolutely. A bright, uh, perceptive, perceptive guy who's who perceptive who's making judgments all the time. Exactly, and he has don't his own think- perspective, like Jimmy Ward. He's not just you know a mouthpiece for the coaching staff or whatever. Yeah, no. maybe during the season when you're allowed in there, I think it would be. Give it a shot with him. Of course. Of course. And say Absolutely. your father said you should do it. <laughs> That'll work. Josh Wyatt says, what's more likely? One of these three quarterbacks is the guy or none of them are. And Kyle Shanahan will still be searching uh, and searching for a franchise quarterback in your 10. 50-50 on that. 50-50. He could still be searching. And we're going to talk about him and quarterbacks in a minute. Uh, 50-50. What do you think? Uh, if I had to bet, I would go with. The second one, still searching. That there will be still three search, different quarterbacks searching. on this team. And, yeah, Soichin. 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 John B. says, would be great if you could get an interview with Nick Mullins and have him detail his re- rehab and how long it took him to fulfill, feel fully healthy after the UCL. Well, we'll see if he wants to talk about it. I want to talk about Kyle Shanahan and Debo. So part of the what Debo Samuel said when he was being really critical of himself was he said he sat down with Kyle Shanahan who showed him a bunch of tape from last year of Debo looking, from Debo's words, sluggish and not up to his standard. Kyle really showed him. Uh, it was it was an interesting story. What would you think of it, Dad? Okay. Um, what, in other words, they sat down and they watched yeah. tape. Yeah. Meticul- I've, seen co- I've seen coaches do this. Meticulous. Look at what you did on this play. You know what you should have done. You, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's a teaching. It's not a gotcha. It's a no. teaching. Okay. So what struck me immediately, and I did point this out to Iggy, here you have the head coach not saying to his um, wide receiver coach, you know, I want you to talk to him about this. Here's the head mm-hmm. coach saying, I'm going to bypass that coach. I'm going to do it directly. God love Kyle Shanahan. But I also said to Iggy, he couldn't do that with the quarterbacks. He couldn't sit down. Kyle cannot sit down with a quarterback and say, you know, on this one, you should have done this because he doesn't know. He's a white, he was a wide receiver. He wasn't a quarterback. So Bill Walsh used to say, 
I don't want to be at the mercy of my coordinators, offensive yeah. and deep. Well, offensive and deep. I don't want to be at the mercy of them. Kyle is at the mercy of his quarterback coach because he doesn't know the grammar of the position. And his right. quarterback coach is greasy who can't even look the media in the eye. That's, That's right. not a good combo. And what's interesting also, I'll come back to the quarterback for a second, but let's stick with the wide receiver. So the wide receiver coach couldn't do it, Leonard Hankerson, but Kyle did. See, the it. wide receiver coach used to be Wes Welker. And Wes Welker left with Mike McDaniel to go to Miami. Don't know why, probably got more money. Uh, I'm thinking Wes Welker would have had that conversation with Debo. Wes Welker's a very forceful guy who played in the league recently and has high standards. Um, I, Leonard Hankerson was new. He was his first year as a coach. He's much younger than Wes Welker. Sounds to me like when you have to get tough with Debo, that's Kyle's job. Maybe, maybe the new wide receiver coach isn't, is a bit of a lightweight. Sorry. Not a bit of a lightweight. He doesn't have the power in the organization Fair. yet. Yeah, Debo that, has a lot of power, and so you, yeah. I think you need someone so with not a matching. I take it yeah. back. I take it back. Okay. I'm sorry about that. But yeah, that, yeah. that, that was one thing. I mean, Debo's so powerful, it took the head coach to actually get his attention. But yeah, there is, there is no way that Kyle Shanahan could have that detailed of a conversation with a quarterback. With the quarterback, it would say, okay, well, it was cover three, so you should have thrown it here. That's, that's essentially how he talks to quarterbacks. Like, that's it. Okay, well, you do it then, Kyle. So easy. I want to tell you who could have had that conversation with a quarterback, Bill Walsh. Bill. He understood everything about the position. He thought football through that position. He would have talked about footwork. He would have talked about looking at your um, progressions. And I'll tell you somebody else who could have done it, Mariucci. Yeah. He was a quarterback coach. Yeah. Kyle was a quarterback coach for one year of his life. He's, yeah. he's not, he was a position coach for two years of his life. He played a little wide receiver, so I guess he could talk about that position. But essentially, he's not a hands-on position coach. He is a X's and O's guy. In addition, you, if you're a head coach, I think you need to be a hands-on quarterback coach. I it's think you not, do. It's not like other positions. Yeah. I th or let me put it like this. You need to, to know more about the grammar of the position than I think Kyle does. Bill did. Mariucci did. Not this guy. And how do you call yourself an offensive genius if you don't know how to coach yeah. a quarterback? Right. How? That's a big gap in your offensive genius. I think Andy Reid knows how to coach a quarterback. Yeah, and he didn't play quarterback. He was like an offensive lineman, but he did yeah. coach the position a little bit. Uh, Kyle doesn't know how to coach the position. I don't know. I, he could coach wide receiver maybe. Maybe. I mean, I'll I'll say another thing, Iggy, um, and I know Kyle. I'm sorry. I don't believe he knows how to coach the position at the level that you need to. He also can't evaluate the position. That's why yeah, he's got three combo. quarterbacks. It's a, it's combo. a combo. He can't evaluate. Bill could evaluate in in ten snaps. He could evaluate his guys. I don't yeah, think this guy can. Right, and I, I'm not saying like obviously it's not an easy skill. Not a lot of people can do what Bill Walsh did, but it's what you're looking for. And if you don't have a coach on your staff who can do that, you're still looking for that coach. Because, I, look, Kyle Shannon does a lot of things well. He can't find the quarterback. He can't scout him. He can't, he can't, I mean, he lucked into freaking Brock Purdy. Took him with the last pick in the draft. Uh, I don't know that he has much to offer Brock Purdy in terms of coaching other than giving him Christian oh, McCaffrey I, and I some good players. Nothing. 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 And look who Bill Walsh surrounded himself with. He had yeah. Holmgren. Holmgren, who had a, he knew how to get the best out of Favre. He had Dennis Green. He had Sam, Sam Weish. Weish. He Sam had Weish. brilliant guys around him. Yeah. And again, we're talking about Bill Walsh. So 
he was not looked at as some boy genius. He didn't get anointed at 30 as a head coach. He had to pay his dues. He was in Cincinnati a long time, and although he was probably calling plays there, he was also the quarterback coach for Ken Anderson. I mean, fixed his footwork. Then he went to the Chargers, fixed Dan Fouts' footwork. Like, he had proven this stuff before he worked with Joe Montana. And he was like 50 when he worked with Joe Montana. Like, Kyle hasn't done any of that stuff. He he skipped it. I think Bill was 49 when he got the 49 Boom. I could be wrong. He that was in right. his 40s, and it might have been 49 when he got the right. Niners. Kyle's job. like 44 right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's. I like what you say, skipped. It's like when you're studying a sequence like biology, mm-hmm. he skipped, you know, maybe or, or organic chemistry. He yeah. skipped it. Yeah. Because I, I don't need I it. That, yeah. I don't need it. Someone else will do it. Yeah. Someone else will do my homework. <laughs> I'm really good at this one thing. Yeah, like, you know your dad's scheme because you've been exposed to it since the birth of it. You're his son. Obviously, you're an expert in your dad's scheme, but you're not an expert on coaching quarterbacks. You're not an expert on picking quarterbacks. That's why you're having a quarterback competition, and you you have no idea who's going to win it. That's right. That's a pretty – again – we're talking about window of opportunity for the Super Bowl. This is a hell of a team. They've they've yeah. done a beautiful job, except for quarterback. Oh, you know, we have a great baseball team. We just don't have any pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have any you starting know, well, pitching. And it's like what he should be doing, he should know that he can't evaluate and develop quarterbacks and just bring in veterans who are proven. Yeah. He sh- but he yeah. won't. He's got two 23-year-olds and a 25-year-old, and he's hoping one of them emerges in spite of him, essentially. And in spite of his quarterbacks, coach. Correct. Correct. Like what he's looking for is Brian Greasy. He wants Brian Greasy, but that's his coach, not his his quarterback. I mean, how about bringing in um, Mike Holmgren as a consultant? (laughs) Yeah. He's alive. Yeah. Yeah. He's a nice man. Um, You know, let him see some tape. How would that hurt? Yeah. I mean, Mike Holmgren has a lot more of an eye for the quarterback position than Mike Shanahan or Kyle Shanahan or Brian Greasy or anyone in the Niners organization. Yeah. Well, Mariucci, he lives in the South Bay. How about, hey, hey, Mariucci, would you take a look at this? I, I just can't fathom that ever since the Niners got rid of Bill Walsh, he was the GM for a couple of years in the late 90s and 2000s. He brought in Jeff Garcia. Ever since they got rid of him and Garcia, they haven't brought in one Pro Bowl quarterback. Like every other organization in the NFL has found one at one time in the last 20 years except for the Niners. Ha! That's ridiculous. So, yeah, Especially the Shanahan's aren't going to find him. Bring in someone else. Holmgren, someone. Yeah. Yeah. Darnold's the guy, Dad. He's the one. <laughs> Iggy, I haven't seen him. You're not that impressed with him. You haven't seen him? He's been – you haven't seen him play? I mean – Not not really. Not really. I, you know, Iggy, I just watch 49er games because I, I like to be helpful to you. Fair. Fair. Okay. What, what Kittle said about um, Lance. He's playing with confidence. He finally seems confident. He seems like he's having fun out there. Not Darnold, not Darnold. Darnold has a dour expression, like he's been, you know, a, a failure for a long time, and he's sick of it, and he knows, it, like, he's never gonna have success. Like he just has this self defeatist look on his face. He looks like he's miserable. I'm so sorry. He looks like he's miserable. And, and look, if George said Trey was playing with confidence, he would have said the same thing about Sam if it was true. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'm sorry for one. Sam. Uh, I'm sorry for him. I'm sorry for him too. And the thing is, the kind of quarterback, the kind of coach who would build his confidence is Andy Reid, Mike Holmgren, Jim Harbaugh, Bill Walsh, not Kyle. Not Kyle. Kyle test your confidence. Kind of like John Gruden. John, John Gruden. Gruden. 
he would test your confidence. That's why he needed a guy like Rich Gannon because Rich Gannon was, was like 35 and would you know say screw you. Uh, absolutely, you know, they would. You absolutely. could see them arguing. Yeah. So Kyle needs that, but I don't think he knows he needs it. I don't think he he would put up with it. And one thing in retrospect that was nice about Jimmy Garoppolo is he took all of Kyle Shanahan's negativity in stride. Now, by the end, he, he was saying on the field, your plays freaking suck and that kind of stuff. But like essentially, he never, maybe he should have fought back more with Kyle Shanahan, but he took it in stride and let Kyle be the, the negative guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. All, just briefly, all things considered, Jimmy really conducted himself very well he as did. a member of that team. He did. Um, great teammate, wonderful with the media. I think, again, I don't know him. He strikes me as being a decent guy. Yeah, I mean, he was the highest paid member of the team. He's the essentially the most powerful member of the organization. And he let Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan scapegoat him relentlessly for years and never said anything about it, ever. How many quarterbacks would do that? Most quarterbacks use their pl- power and essentially say, eventually, it's my team. Who, do you t- who are you talking about? He never did that. Maybe he should have. I don't know. Aaron Rodgers would have done that. Every quarterback would, essentially. I, Kyle Shanahan is very cavalier in scapegoating his quarterback, and I think you can do that when you have three guys who haven't gotten paid yet and are working to get that contract and impress you, but Jimmy, a guy's making $30 million a year. It's, I mean, I guess Jimmy just tuned it out. He wouldn't answer his calls. <laughs> That's what Kyle says. Was he making $30 million a year? Uh, 27. 27. Do you make that much? Not, not yet. The Niners paid him like $110 million. God love him. Oh, Iggy. So he I, smiled. I, he smiled. I said, okay, you blame me. That's fine. Just keep <laughs> sending me those checks. <laughs> he says, I wonder if CMC practicing caught these vets off guard and made them look bad. Does Kittle normally participate? Curious to see next offseason. Um, Kittle had been sort of dialing it back, and now that I think that McCaffrey's out there, he's been dialing it up. Ayuk never takes a day off. But yeah, McCaffrey, I love it. I, I like him so much. I had no idea. I like him so much more that he's that kind of player. Flave says, do you think it's Bosa or the Niners that are waiting to, on getting a deal done? They should get it wrapped up so he can train without worrying with, about injury. The Niners always wait until right before training camp, and I don't think Bosa cares. So maybe it's both? Both Bosa them? Both of them? Both, both of them. them? Both of them. Tyler says, Grant and Papa Cone question, who called Kyle an offensive genius? Oh! People have been saying Look that at in the, the media national for a long media. Time. Look Rich at the Eisen. national media. Yeah. Rich Eisen, all those guys that know his dad. It's ridiculous. I don't know. Oh, I, I, I still think to be a, an offensive genius, you either have to win a Super Bowl or develop a great quarterback or one of the two or both. And he's done neither. And, Iggy, not be a system coach. Not be a system coach. Yeah. He, he inherited yeah. a system from his father. How about... Who are my players? What is the best way to get the most out of them? Not make right. them fit into my system. And the two times he got, you know, a dual threat quarterback in his life, Robert Griffin III and Trey Lance, his decision was to run them. I'm going to run you. Run you, run you, run you a lot. And then they both got hurt. And he said, oh, gee, that's football. It's the only way I could have used you. That's his way. of. And it's like, is that how Mike Holmgren and uh, Bill Walsh, you Steve Young? Here, here's our plan for you, Steve. You're going to be a running back. In fact, you know, and I know this, this I know, he, Steve tended to run when he first came in. Bob McKittrick hated it. 
uh, he used to tell me how much he hated it. He said, he starts running, my offensive linemen don't know where to go. They yeah. told Steve, you you learn to be a throwing quarterback, mm-hmm. otherwise you're not our quarterback. I know that. And that's why we thought the Niners sat Trey Lance for a year. They said they wanted to develop him the right yeah. way. Okay, great. And you sat him a year, and he, and he started year two, and he got hurt by week two because you used him like a running back. So, yeah, Kyle Shanahan hasn't shown that he's a genius. Andy Reid has shown that he can take quarterbacks who are dual threats. He took Mike Vick, who was never an efficient passer. 30-year-old Mike Vick, who'd been in prison for two years, had him uh, at a 100 quarterback rating for a season. He makes the game easy for quarterbacks. Kyle makes it hard. Interesting. I love that. He makes it hard. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, What's not everyone ne- can be Andy Reid. What's our next topic? What's our next topic? That's Do it. We have enough? We don't that's have enough because I thought we were, we were getting on Kyle. A, you know what I mean? All right, let's let's end it. Miwok sniper let's says, "Give him a Mi- smiley face." Good job, Kyle. Miwok sniper, we're holding you to a high standard because you're a genius. Lowell, what's the difference between the mindset of the current team and the Super Bowl teams during practice? Grant Lowell, thank you much. Oh, <clears throat> again, I I have to be careful because I'm not at the practices. Mm-hmm. I'm retired, so I can only speak to the teams that I saw. And the 49ers teams, when this was a Super Bowl winning organization, those mini camps, OTAs, and what we could see of practice, they were very serious. And this is a team that took advantage of every moment of every play. Right. And again, you got to remember McCaffrey's out there, Kittle's out there, Ayuk, Armstead. There are highly paid veteran captains on the field trying to set the tone. So it's not the whole it's not the whole team culture. It's it's kind of split. Just kind of interesting. Yeah, it bothers me. Yeah, it seems strange. I it's, it, if Christian McCaffrey's going to practice, I'm going to practice. I can't imagine taking a day off thinking I'm better than Christian McCaffrey. Really? You're better than Christian. Iggy, he's a hell of a player, right? Yeah, he's a hell of a player. He's a lot better than I even realized. You put him on a good team, he's he makes it even better. I, I can only imagine how much Bill Walsh would have liked Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Because of all the receiving he can do. Receiving, but Iggy also, look, he's not a guy you run up the middle. Um, he's not big enough. But when he gets a little running room past the line of scrimmage, the way he um, faints and cuts, it's it's actually genius. It's it is genius. genius. Yeah. He's a complete running back. He's just a little small, but he can do yeah. everything. You can even run him between the tackles a little bit. They give him goal line carries. He can do everything really well. It's just you don't want to use him too much because he is a little bit smaller. But you don't have to. They have other running backs, and yeah. you can throw it to him. Screens, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Who else would you want to throw a screen to in the NFL other than him? Right. Yeah. And what's funny about him, so the Niners get him, and their offense takes off. And that, uh, You didn't probably notice it, but this offseason, all, all – a bunch of different um, contenders tried to get their Christian McCaffrey. The Lions drafted a 200-pound running back who's a receiving specialist with the 12th pick in the draft. The, the uh, Eagles traded for DeAndre Swift, who's a receiving specialist, scat back type. Um, the Seahawks drafted Zach Charbonnet, who is a dual-threat running back from UCLA. Everyone saw what Christian McCaffrey did for the Niners, and they're like, we need that, need that. So good for Christian. This turned into a Christian McCaffrey topic. I really enjoy watching him go about his business. I mean, it's not Jerry Rice in his prime, but it feels like the same kind of seriousness. And could I, on a personal note, I like when Stanford athletes are good. I, I have a yeah. prejudice. I like when they're good. And I, I want to say, um, when I spent my six years at Stanford 
getting my degrees. And I used to, um, the way we supported ourselves, graduate students, was we taught freshman English. Mm. And I would have athletes, famous athletes in my class. No one ever said, you got this running back, Jackie Brown, mm -hmm. who got him. He was just a guy in my class. And right. boy, was he smart. And boy, did he do all the work. No one ever said, give this guy a break. What I like right. about Stanford athletes, to the best of my knowledge, I got out of there in 1972, was they were students like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And it was interesting, when he left Stanford, I, I didn't, I, I had a negative perception of him Me because too. he sat out of that, that yeah. final bowl game. And I was thinking, oh, he's one of these prima donna, new age athletes who runs out of his team. I guess not. He's there right. every practice in the offseason. I take it back. Sorry, Christian. I take it he's back. He's a throwback. He's like his yeah. dad. I'm, I'm sure his dad practiced like that. Ed McCaffrey. Kev F. says, what do you like best about living in Oakland? Well, this is a fun one. What do you like oh. best about living in Oakland, Dad? Well, I like that you live down the street from me. My other son, Brian, lives just a little farther away from me. I love that. Mm -hmm. We live in the hills. I got to tell you, Oakland has a bad reputation and in some ways earned. Where we live is beautiful. We have all these regional parks, all the yeah. people riding bikes and going on hikes. And I'm going to say one other thing. Oakland has become one hell of a restaurant town. Yeah. Uh, used yeah. to be you had to go to San Francisco. I don't go anymore. I'm an old man. No problem. Uh, Iggy, Yeah. we go out to dinner and our choices are phenomenal in Oakland. Yeah. Oakland, like, it has phenomenal neighborhoods. People, I don't know, unless you're from Oakland, but like from Montclair's great. It's very bougie. It's really cute. But then there's also, there's the Laurel, which is improving. I mean, some of the best restaurants in Oakland are now in the Laurel District. There's the Diamond District, which is really cool. There's the Fruitvale District, which has some of the best Mexican restaurant, uh, Mexican food in the country. Um, there's Rockridge. Lake Merritt. There's Rockridge, Rockridge, which is great. Piedmont Avenue, which is great. Lake Merritt is one of the great lakes in America. In terms of like in the middle of a city, because that's yeah. it's right next to downtown, which is great. Jack London is phenomenal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like it. It's fun. It's a good city. It's very diverse. It's got a lot of culture. It's not like sorry. Um, it's like the it's very different from say San Jose or Santa Clara, which is you know most of the food is chain restaurants. Like a lot of stuff in Oakland is stuff you can't find anywhere else. I like right. it. Yeah. No offense to San Jose. All right, Dad. We had a, a three quarter length show today. Which well, is okay. you have an appointment. He has an appointment with his um, tax accountant at uh, noon. True. And my wife just got home, so it's time for her to unlock me from my... Yeah, he's, he's locked in the basement. He, he So, Iggy, this is a great show. I love you. I love you, too. Um, thanks for watching, everyone. And uh, I'm going to go call for help. See you guys. Call you in a second. Okay. Iggy, you don't have to phone me. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Christopher Ky uh, Kyrus says, Shanahan and Lance were probably laughing about all the quarterback controversy that they created, having everyone losing their minds about it. They know more than they're putting out, I believe. I agree. I, yeah, it was interesting that they, that they were uh, laughing. Pharisee says, I know it's early, but if I have to bet life savings on who plays more games this year, Trey or Purdy. Hmm. Don't bet your life savings on this. <laughs> Purdy. Purdy. I would probably agree with that. All right, everyone. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you guys later. Love you, Dad. Love you. Take care.